Hey folks, welcome back. Today we've got Craig Stevens joining us and Craig's got an interesting story when it comes to real estate investing because he spent a lot of time in pretty high level corporate America as his primary career before he got into real estate investing. And then he's been really able to leverage those connections from his previous career into investors for his real estate deal. So really looking forward to digging into that today with Craig. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's great to be here, Dave. All right, Craig. So tell us a little bit about your backstory. So, you know, what were you doing pre-real estate? What got you sparked into real estate investing? And then what kind of uh, what kind of deals are you focusing on these days? Yeah, we, we I started out as a CPA, uh, working with one of the big four accounting firms as an auditor, you know, busting my butt working 80 hours a week, if not more. Uh, just kind of going through doing that grueling process and did that for about 10 years and moved into corporate America to head up finance division. So had different kind of senior leadership roles in, in finance at banks and insurance companies. Mm -hmm. Worked in New York City. Uh, I worked in several different cities and locations around the country and around the world. And then uh, also did a, did a ton of traveling, worked a lot of hours and it came to a point at, at one stage where I was an international controller at an insurance company. I was traveling probably 50 to 60% of my time Oh wow! all around the world. Amazing trips, but I, I was getting a little you, tired. You weren't, going as, a, you weren't going as a tourist. You're working. No, it's, it's, it's not as fun Yeah, when you don't have the tourist time. And I had a, a newborn baby at home as well. And my wife was getting a bit tired of the travel yeah, too. Right. I can imagine. So I, I, at that stage, I was kind of deciding in my mind that this is about 10 years ago, that yeah. corporate America wasn't quite for me for the rest of my life, right? Yeah. I, I could do it. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot of great things. I don't regret any of my time in corporate America, but I started to think about what could I be strong at and real estate came up. So I, I, I kind of researched some different things that I could do and uh, started purchasing real estate, just kind of one at a time while I was working in corporate America, some small three to four family buildings, mm -hmm. um, grew that size to a, a few graduated to a few like larger buildings, like a nine unit building. Um, so just all, all, all under your own financial steam. Yes. Yeah. It's just my wife and I financing these things. Yeah. Uh, every time I got a bonus, I would stock it away and, and save up and, you know, move it into another asset and grew that's to smart. nine buildings and 35 units. Wow. That's, uh, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. It was over kind of about five years. I, I think sometimes we'd buy a couple and then, you know, I, I finally got to the point where I was able to quit my day job last year. So I'm not replacing my income by any means. Everybody says kind of wait until you can replace your income or thinks that way. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to. You can have enough assets set aside or cash set aside that you're able to leave your day job and focus full time on real estate. So I left last year and started focusing more on syndications, not syndicating myself, but decided to get involved in capital raising. So that's kind of what I'm doing today is capital raising. And I also have a property management company that manages short-term rentals. Very cool. Now that, that is really interesting, Craig. I love the fact that you, you know, jumped in, did your own deals, self-managed those properties, built up the portfolio over time, and then scaled up into multifamily and much larger multifamily type properties, but not as the, you know, boots on the ground kind of guy focusing more on the capital raising side of things makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, that. And then I, I, 
I resonate with your whole idea there. Your the income from your real estate investing doesn't need to replace your job income, but if it comes pretty close to covering your costs, you know, at the end of the day, that's kind of like the the, the game, cash flow, Robert Robert Kiyosaki, right? Uh, that's that's financial freedom is when your uh, your quote unquote passive income exceeds your expenses. You know, you don't have to be flush on the other side, but that that's when you've got options. So sounds like you put your time in and now you're poised. All right. So a little over a year, full-time real estate investor and property manager. Um, you've gotten into capital raising for syndications. Walk me through that. So had you raised any capital for your own deals prior to that, or you just jumped into raising capital for these big deals? I had spent... Uh, at, on one of my larger properties was a nine unit building. Yeah. I decided to make an all cash offer on the transaction because I, I thought that it was an off market transaction. Um, I thought that all cash would have to be required in order to make this sale, uh, in order to get, acquire the property, but I didn't have the money actually. Mm -hmm. So I made an all cash offer without the money. So I quickly found out what capital raising was all about. <laughs> it wasn't an expensive <laughs> property. It was in Indiana. It was only about $270,000. And I probably only had about 50,000 in the bank at the time. Yeah. So I had to come up with uh, filling that hole quickly. So I, I put together one slide deck, um, you know, just a one pager explaining the transaction. I sat down with some friends, family, coworkers, and was able to raise, you know, the $200,000 or so nice. that I needed within just 30 days time, uh, 45 days time. My, my family kicked in and, and provided some money. And yeah, that's that was my first kind of touch with real estate, but it wasn't a large raise. So I had been doing investments uh, a little bit later on in syndications and decided that maybe I want to be a syndicator. Mm -hmm. I've grown a little bit weary of managing my own properties at this point. So I sold some of my properties and decided that maybe I could be stronger at the capital raising side. So that's when I decided to kind of turn and uh, and, and use my network and connections to see if I could bring investors to transactions. Very cool. So walk me through that. So first of all, congratulations on that first capital raise for your own deal. Um, you had success on that. That was great. My first foray into doing that was a disaster. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I, I only had two weeks to raise the capital. Didn't even have all that much to raise, but just floundered around, was not anywhere near as as smart as you were about that and strategically picking a few people and having a very simple slideshow presentation to show them. It, it, I didn't have that dialed in. So hats off to you for getting that going, but it's a big shift from doing that to raising literally million, a million bucks or more for a bigger syndication type deal. So walk me through that transition. How did that go for you? What did you do? How did you make that work? Cause if I understand correctly, you've done, you know, four or five of those kind of raises to date, and it and it's been working pretty well for you. So, how did that? How did yeah. how did you get started with that? So, so when I left my job a year ago, the focus at that time was going to be more on, you know, continuing to find opportunities to invest in real estate, possibly as an LP investor, and then also manage my short-term property management business. So I figured I could kind of raise money and, um, just just raise. Cash flow for myself to kind of make up for leaving my day job right. over time, but I I had had conversations with another syndicator about raising capital for them before, just just some discussions, brief discussions on it, and they called me up 
just uh, uh, shortly before I was ready to leave my day job and asked me if I wanted to raise money for them. And I said, yeah, sure. I'll give it a try. Mm-hmm. So I, I told him I could raise, he's like, how much can you raise? I said, oh, I can raise a million dollars. Just, just kind of pulling a number out of the air. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know what I could do. Then I got off the phone with him and I'm like, what did I just do? I just committed to raising a million dollars on my first transaction. I've never done this before. I didn't have an investor's list. I had some Excel spreadsheets with like lists of names um, over the years that I had accumulated, but it wasn't a refined list by any means. Right. I didn't have a CRM tool. I didn't know how to approach this. So I just kind of rushed to it, figured it out. Um, I'd been listening to podcasts and reading books a little bit and, um, was able to raise $1.4 million for that transaction, but it really was having personal kind of one-on-one conversations, very inefficient process. I didn't know how to send out mass emails and do posts and things like that. So I, I think I learned the hard way there of how to raise capital in a very inefficient way, you know, spending a lot of my own time mm-hmm. trying to get it right. And I've adapted since then to be able to be well okay but even then even inefficiently you you made it work so what did that look like were you just looking at names on that spreadsheet picking up the phone cold calling people and and starting the conversation that way or, or what did you do so so i had a slide deck and I was lucky enough to have an experienced syndicator that was leading the transaction. So that helps out a lot, right? If you can bring somebody to the table as the lead syndicator that kind of sells themselves, mm-hmm. um, that is adds a lot of value to your ability to raise, especially on your first one. And uh, finally, I, I think that I, I was very personally inclined to like connect with individuals. So it had been a long time since I had maybe spoken with some of these people. I was excited to talk to him anyway. So I just kind of would pick up the phone, start talking to friends and get into the conversation about real estate. What I was doing, many of them knew I was investing in real estate for the last kind of 10 years. Doing your own thing. Yeah. So they heard my story over and over again. They knew that I'd left my day job, which was a good conversation to have, or was planning to leave my day job. And they wanted to be part of this. And and finally it was their chance. So I, I think by having those, you know, one was track record for me as well. Yeah. track record for the syndicator. And then the knowledge in my network about my real estate investing already had primed them for 10 years that I didn't realize. Right. So uh... I did just start kind of texting people, calling people saying, Hey, you know, I've, I've always talked about real estate whenever I can with my network and my friends and family. Smart. So you kind of laid the foundation unknowingly years ahead of time. So in this case, were you basically inviting people to join you on a webinar with the syndicator or, or how did the actual presentation of the deal work out? How did that happen? I, I had a slide deck that I had gotten from the syndicator and then I rebranded it with my own business name. Okay. Uh, I used his webcast. So his webinar, um, and just sent that link to individuals and I've done that on a few capital raises since then, but now I've started to turn to have my own webinars. So that's mm. something that obviously I'd highly recommend is to you be the lead. You have the syndicator there if you're capital raising, yeah. but it should be your webinar, right? You need to show that people are investing in you just as much as the transaction. If not they, more. If, yes. If not more, actually. Yeah. that's they, they know you. They like you. They trust you. They need to continue to understand that what this means to you, they need to continue to trust you 
and yeah. they'll get that through you leading the show rather than kind of dropping it over. But I just, I sent out the link from the syndicators uh, webinar. I would send around the slide deck and then have kind of personal one-on-one -on -one calls whenever I could. So it would just be uh, whenever it was convenient for the investors, have a, you know, sit downs or, you know, a personal phone call with them, talking them through the details further. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Well, sounds like that has worked pretty well for you. Have there been any glitches along the way? Through my own inaction, I think at times. So I think I know now how to proceed. As you said, I've raised money for five deals now on average, about a million dollars for each transaction. Mm -hmm. I'm currently raising for a deal in Texas and I'm at about $1.4 million on that transaction already. But at times I kind of sit there for a week or two weeks or three weeks and I just let it go stale. I have on my list that I need to post this on social media because it's a 506C, right? Mm -hmm. I have on my list that I need to call this investor and I don't do it. Mm. And days go by, weeks go by, and then those leads get stale. Uh, the po potential investors get stale and people don't hear about your transaction. They kind of lose interest, right? You need to... My critical issue, I think, has been at times losing focus on the capital raise and, and focusing on different things and, and needing to get back on track. Well, because um, you're, you're, you're juggling a couple of businesses, right? So you've got the capital raising, yeah. plus you've got your property management company. I'm, I'm sure it kind of ebbs and flows, which one needs more of your attention at any more time. Would that be fair? Yeah, that's, that's it. The property management company has taken up a significant amount of my time, probably 70, 80% of my time. So it leaves less time for the capital raising. And I think I've been so um, well adjusted to raising capital now that I almost think it's just going to come in naturally, right? It, mm -hmm. You have to keep working at it always. And in order to grow your ability to raise capital too, because it does slow down, it does get stale. Um, so even if it comes easy at some points, uh, keep pushing, keep keep hitting the grind. So the the capital that you have raised, like you you mentioned, you had contacts from work life. Uh, yeah, you had some Excel spreadsheets there. What kind of a list size are we talking about here? What, what did that look like for you, Craig? Or what does that look like? Like, what is your, what's the, your pool of prospective investors? It, initially, when I cobbled together my list in, in Excel, it was probably 50 to 100, I think, leads. And those were people that I really was spending time thinking about and putting them into my list. Yeah. N now I've spent a lot, lot of time just building this list out from contacts that I have on LinkedIn and, and uh, different names of people in a larger circle. Right. And I have about 800 contacts now. But I've also learned that it's those core 50 that I initially had that are still my main investors, wow. right? Yeah. I send out emails to 700 people in that outer circle group may never get back to me, right? Yeah. Um, or I might get surprised once in a while where someone reaches out to me in that larger circle group that, um, you know, I didn't expect that would reach out to me, but it's probably 1% of them. And the original 50 is probably, you know, 20, 30% of them that are wow. making up my investors. Well, it kind of makes sense, right? Because uh, you, they've got proof of concept. You've obviously got a much closer relationship with those 50 versus the other 750. Um, yeah, it's when you step back, it kind of makes sense. So are you in the situation, Craig, where basically 
the only time the 800 people on your list hear from you is when you need money? That was my other issue was over the last year. Yeah. Most of the time they heard from me, I'm, um, you know, I don't, I don't like to call it selling, but I'm pitching yeah. a deal. Yeah. And that gets old as well. People are like, oh, geez, it's Craig again. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> always me another transaction. Cash. Even if they are excited about real estate, it gets a little yeah. bit old. So I've started to create, um, I've engaged a marketing firm and I've started to create kind of quarterly newsletters. Um, you know, I'm planning to do a bit more education as well. Education is a big part of this, right? Educating your investor community, having a webinar on a random Thursday, not related to a deal, but related to what's it mean to be in a syndication, right? What, what's, yeah. what's the terminology on a syndication? What is, what is a multifamily apartment complex investing mean, right? Having some good educational webinars, things like that. have not done it yet, but that's in my plans. Yeah. Uh, are you open to some suggestions around that? Uh, absolutely. hundred percent. Good. Well, you're, you're off to a good start. Uh, quarterly newsletters, pretty much useless. Okay. So I would, well, here's what we do with our clients, Greg, and I think this will work really, really well with you. Get it to where you're doing a weekly touch, a weekly touch. This is not including, you know, the hardcore pitching for deals when, when you got a deal on, on the go, but just the, the stuff that's going out come hell or high water once a week is the cadence that, that you want to be focusing on. And I highly recommend a combination of education with a little bit of entertainment. So I call this edutaining communication, I right? Like so um, I, I know most of the 800 people on your list are probably fairly sophisticated kind of individuals. You come from a finance background. I'm assuming a lot of them are coming from similar corporate type backgrounds. That's right. Yeah. However, even though they're they're very sharp, academically gifted type people and corporate type people, they prefer not to have to think too hard. That's right. <laughs> They're thinking too much at work already. Oh, exactly. So the last thing they want is a bunch of data and numbers and stuff until they're ready to really look seriously at a deal. So, so the cadence that we have with, with our clients is first week of the month, you can write this down, the first week of the month, newsletter, right? So it's a monthly newsletter, not a quarterly newsletter. And news is the smallest part of this newsletter. So it's not really newsy. Uh, it's a lot around you as a person, Craig Stevens, because as you've realized, these people are really investing with you in you. The deal itself is the collateral for their money, but they're putting their trust in you, right? So no like and trust factor. So if you do this, this kind of monthly newsletter, they really get to know you better, especially those kind of colder leads, like your core 50. They they know you pretty well, but this still really helps with that. But those other 750 get to know you better as a person, right? So if you're including pictures of yourself and your family, you told me off uh, before we started recording, you're heading out to, to Jersey Shores for, for a week. Take pictures of that kind of stuff. Include that stuff in the newsletter. So you know, what you do for fun, what's your, you know, what are, what are some of your hobbies, Greg? Give me, give me an example. What do you do outside of 
golf, golfing poorly, uh, but, but I love golf. So I golf Good. all the time. Golf. Yeah. Lots and, of people love golf. A lot, lot of these people are golfers, so yes. they can resonate with that. Okay. Good. Absolutely. And, and also, you know, obviously spending time with my family, I have two young boys and uh, bring them to kind of sports events and things like that and uh, social gatherings too that Good. we have. So inject that kind of stuff within reason, right? But pictures of you with the boys at their, at their sports stuff, pictures of you guys on the beach, pictures talking about golfing, making fun of yourself a little bit about your, you know, worst <laughs> golf days or whatever, whatever it is, that kind of stuff. You see where I'm going with this, right? Um, just, when, when we do these, we even include just some dumb stuff, like little cartoons just to get people give people a, a bit of a laugh, you know, life hacks, all of this kind of stuff that has zero to do with real estate investing, but it gets people, I won't say excited to open up your emails, but at least curious to see what's coming across their email from, from Craig this week, right? Instead of it just being another pitch. And then a very, just a little blurb in there, one aspect of most of your deals are multifamily, I assume. So, you know, one aspect, big benefit of multifamily real estate investing, keep it pretty high level, right? And then a call to action. Hey, if you want to find out more, click here, book a call, right? So instead of us reaching out to people, we're encouraging people to book a call with us where you can take them through kind of a generic version of your, of your pitch deck or an example of a deal or just something very general about syndications in general. And then before you've even got a deal on the go, get these people signed up with an expression of interest, right? That's all it is. It's not binding. But then next time when you do have a deal, instead of doing the spray and pray initially to everybody, now you've got your core group of whatever that looks like, you know, um, all of your active investors, plus these people who have signed off on expressions of interest, they get first dibs right? You go, you, you go to them first. So that's, that's the newsletter side of things. The second week of the month, it's a blog post. So a short little blog, something about, in your case, multifamily investing, syndications, what have you. Keep it fairly light. Keep it Reader's Digest level. So you're going to have to remove yourself and, and your background and experience from that and kind of look at it from the point of view of could an average 12-year-old understand what I'm saying? If the answer is yes, then you're on target. If there's too much jargon, it's too too nitty-gritty, it's 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 too in-depth. And again, that call to action. Hey, if you'd like to find out how this can work for you, love to have a chat, click here, book a call, book a call, book a call, book a call. Everything's about booking a call, getting them to book in with you instead of you chasing after them. That's the second week of the month. Third week of the month, something a little bit different. We uh, we have our clients send out what's called a video log. So this is a short little video, three to five minutes long, where you can be talking about some aspect of real estate investing, right? Perhaps it's you checking out one of your properties that you still own, not, maybe not the Airbnb, that gets things a little bit confusing, but if you still got some of those small multifamilies and you're out doing whatever, videotape yourself doing that, talk a little bit about that, talk about the big benefits of, of real estate. And hey, if you're interested in finding out more, guess what? Book a call, book a call, right? Or, you know, what we do with our clients to make it a lot more efficient, this will be helpful for you as well, Craig, because 
consistent communication is, is a challenge because you're busy with other stuff, is you batch these things up, right? So if I were you at this point, because you've already hit everybody quite a few times with different deals and whatnot, I would break this down. So for example, that webinar you're thinking about doing, explaining syndications or something like that, I might break that out into top 10 reasons why syndications make sense for busy professionals, right? And come up with a Dave Letterman style top 10 reasons and do one short video on each one. So that means you've got 10 videos there. And then you batch it up. You film all of those at one time, set them up in your CRM system or your email autoresponder system. And there you go. You got 10 months of stuff taken care of. So you can just set it and kind of forget it. And everything is, hey, if you want to find out more, book a call, book a call, book a call. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And, and I think you can multipurpose that, of course, like onto Definitely. posting it on on Facebook or YouTube or, or LinkedIn, right? Yeah. And you, you're probably safe to do that because you're focusing 100% on accredited investors. It, again, we just, I don't give any legal advice or anything like that. You just got to make sure that all your T's are crossed, I's are dotted with that. So you don't get in crap with securities, right? So yes. um, as long as you're hundred percent. As long as you're not profit. pitching a deal in it, I, th I think as well, right? Yeah. You, you can, if it's 506C, but if it's just educational content, you, you can kind of post that all day. Well, but these ones, the, for the video logs to your list, it is, it's not pitching a particular deal, but you are soliciting. Hey, if you want to find out how this can work for you, let's have a conversation. Book a call, book a call, book a call. So that you might want to chop that part out when you're putting it up on the social media side of things, just to be Makes extra sense. safe. Yeah, yep, I agreed. Yeah. So that's, that would be my recommendation for you, my friend. Uh, in addition Love to it. all the smart stuff you're already doing is to figure out what else you can be doing and, and how you can kind of set it and forget it. And with these kind of things, if you batch those videos, if you create a bunch of blog posts ahead of time, or you repurpose some of the video stuff, turn it into blog posts, and then you've got that call to action and you can just set that all up in your in your system and have it go out on, on autopilot. And then the only thing you have to do is kind of come up with that monthly newsletter and uh, and send that out as well. Love it. That's that's perfect. And I, I love the idea of batching because that's my biggest challenge is I think every single week, oh, I gotta gotta write something, right? I gotta come I, up with I something smart and witty. And that takes a, a lot of brain power, <laughs> a lot of conviction to actually sit down and do it. And, and there's something always else that comes up that's more important, of course. Well, so yeah, more urgent, thing. maybe, maybe not more yes. important, but more urgent. Yes, exactly. So that so the batching, here's my trick for that, Greg. It just like like I recommended there. So when you can come up with the big idea that you can pull out a whole bunch of little subtopics from, that's that's huge, right? So it's it's all about like why syndications make sense are, are the best choice for busy professionals. So top 10 reasons. So you just, here's what I do. That's the big topic. Then I brainstorm the, the top 10 reasons. You can use chat GPT if you need a little help with the brainstorming on that side of things. And then come up with two or three bullet points for each one of those, of those reasons. And then those are your talking points for your video log. So Absolutely. yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a lot simpler. And then, you know, it could be another one could be uh, how, 
how the money is made in multifamily properties, right? So there you could kind of take a dive into the, I'm aware of eight different profit centers or potential profit centers in a multifamily deal. You could talk through each one of those eight as a separate video lesson, a separate video log, right? So again, batch it up and then forget about it after that. Makes perfect yeah. sense. Well, Craig, time flies when we're having fun. If people want to connect with you and find out more about Mr. Craig Stevens, what should they do? Absolutely. I love chatting with potential investors and uh, others that are interested in real estate or capital raising. My uh, email address is craig at groundbreakingre.com or they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Very good. All right, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you on the next episode. Thank you, Dave.